Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Andrew, thank you very much indeed for that. Now, the HSE has apologised to the family of a 14-year-old boy who's been left in a windowless room off a hospital emergency department for the last 63 days. The child is one of the most severely affected young people to emerge from the Curry child mental health scandal, with the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar telling the Dáil last week how he was very sorry to hear of what the teenager had experienced. Our uh, reporter Barry Lenehan has been looking into this and has more. And Barry, what exactly is the situation with this young boy? So the 14-year-old has spent the last two months inside a windowless room off the emergency department at University Hospital Kerry. The North Kerry teenager was admitted on the 22nd of December and he was medically discharged by doctors shortly after. But the boy has serious mental health issues and his mother says she's unable to care for him at home without full-time supports. And the HSC, it has been trying to find a suitable place in residential care over the past few weeks but the youngster he remains in that room this evening and pictures and videos show how it's strewn with rubbish furnished solely with a mattress on the floor and his mother claims he sometimes has restricted access to a toilet. They said they can't put him in the children's ward because he's apparently a danger to himself and other children and workers. So they have this small room by the nurse's area, you know. He's locked in there, basically. The first uh, month, he, was, he wasn't even going anywhere. He wasn't going for drives. He wasn't having any activities, nothing. He was just locked up in there. Just recently now, the carers go in there to take him for a drive for about three hours a day. What's the room like? Can I be honest? The animals in Dublin Zoo would be treated better. They have better comfort than my son. He wasn't having access of toilet. The bathroom was being locked on him. The excuse uh, that was given for denying him the bathroom in the toilet was because he was banging the door. I said, well, you've taken the sink and everything else out. I said, why can't you take the door off? So the child was pooing in the room, peeing in the room, smearing on the walls. Now, when they deliver meals, you know, it's a case of leave it on the floor. There's no bed. He's He just have a little mattress on the floor. I was the one that was going in most of the time doing his cleaning, even showering him, really. There's no window. There's only one door, really, that has a, a little glass and that's boarded up with wood. It's a tiny room with nothing in it. And they wonder why he's... His behaviour is escalating while he's in there. I mean, even a prisoner would have a toilet, wouldn't you think? You know, we're talking about a 14-year-old child. So I raised my concern to Tusla and uh, the response I got was um, they have no authority over the hospital. How could you How could you take away a, t- a toilet from a child? He's approximately 60 days in that yeah. room now. He's been in there since the 21st of December. He's still in there. What impact do you think it will leave on him? I try not to think about that because if I do, can you just imagine being locked in a room for that length of time with no human contact, really? And Barry, the mother referenced there how she raised concerns about her son's treatment uh, with the child and family agency Tusla. How did that agency respond? Tusla acknowledged that the emergency department is not the appropriate place for the boy, but added how, quote, staff are doing the best they can in exceptionally difficult circumstances. 
In response to a query about the conditions at UHK, the HSC acknowledged the current situation is very inappropriate and cannot continue. We apologise to the family, it said, and work is ongoing to find an appropriate place for the boy. Can we go back to the start here for a second, Barry? We mentioned how the boy is among the most severely impacted to emerge from the Kerry child mental health scandal. Um, What is known about that? He was referred to North Kerry CAMS in November 2016 with behavioural problems and hyperactivity. He was subsequently diagnosed with ADHD autism and as having a moderate intellectual disability. In August 2017, North Kerry CAMS prescribed the boy the antipsychotic drug Risperidone for the first time. Now, the Health Products Regulatory Authority indicates that use of Risperidone in children and adolescents should be for short-term treatment treatment of up to six weeks. However, the teenager's pharmacy records show how he was prescribed the drug 38 times over a four and a half year period. His records also show how medications and dosages were frequently changed and different combinations tried, while all in all the boy was described up to nine different drugs by North Kerry CAMS. He was full of life. I mean, he did everything like his siblings, like just like any other child, you know. And uh, at the beginning, he was okay, but you could see a change in his behavior. As time went on, especially when he was introduced uh, Risperidon, that's when I seen a big difference in him. He was hallucinating. His aggression was scary. He would bite, he would push, he would hit. That was towards myself and the siblings. When he turned 12, it wasn't just scary anymore. I was worried about my own safety, his own safety, the siblings' safety. But I suppose because he's been, on, he's been left on the Risperidon for longer term, I think that's when the side effects start to get worse. It was just something very odd because he'd be looking at a window, right? And you know he's hallucinating because he would start mentioning a certain names and he would start kicking off and you'd be saying to him, but that person is not there. That's just a window. How would you describe his care at CAMS? We see from the audit that very little monitoring was done whilst he was on the medication. Trusted every doctor. I trusted every nurse. I questioned nothing. What can you say? Who do you go to? To be honest, I look back now, I'm like, why did you put him on those drugs? But, you know, you start researching these things now, but it's a bit too late, though, isn't it? The damage is done. He's, he's now exhibiting seizures. He's dealing with a lot at the moment to a point where I can't even go for a walk with him. I can't go into the shops with him. Imagine looking at your child and being scared of your own child. He ripped the TV off the wall at one stage, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he ripped the TV off. There's big holes on the walls. I mean, at that stage, what do you do? Do you try to run and save yourself or stay around to make sure he's not hurting himself? The pharmacy raised concerns as well about the level of medication he was on. I remember one time uh, he was prescribed a few a few medications and I think the dosage must have been beyond his age. And uh, the pharmacist looked at me and he said, this, this doesn't seem right. He said, I'm going to make a phone call. Give me a minute. Come back to me and he said, I'll have to change the dosage. Did you request for him to be taken off the medication? Oh, I did. Yeah. I did. I have asked for him to be off the medication. And uh, any time I asked for him to be off the medication, it's like, yes, we'll try this one. We'll try that one. There was always another medication given. And sometimes there's about two, three medications given. He was like an experiment. I don't think they knew what they were treating at that stage because the damage was done. So it's a case of, oh, 
what more can we give him to manage this? What do you think looking back on that? If I knew what I know now, my son would have never been on any medication at all because he was doing just fine. I'd rather have a hyper child than to have a child that's aggressive. But it's a bit too late, isn't it? It is because his life is ruined. And nobody's taking responsibility. That's the sad part of it. Sorry. <sighs> the only thing I have left now of my son is just old videos and photos. Nothing else. He's not the same child anymore. But now I don't I don't know what his future will be like. What we're dealing with is um have you, have you watched the uh, exorcism or zombies movies? Yeah, like that. There's a lot of stuff that have changed. The happy face he used to have, he's not that happy boy anymore. Sometimes, you know, looking at him, I think he knows there's something not right with him. But because he's not fully verbal, he doesn't know how to express himself. He doesn't know how to explain it, you know. Sometimes I feel like he holds a lot of anger towards me because I'm the one that was giving him those medications. As a mom, I live with a lot of girls. Why didn't I just let him be the way he was? Now, last year, the HSE apologised for the deficits in care the boy received at North Kerry CAMS, including the inappropriate prescribing of medication. A detailed audit of the child's treatment shows how basic checks such as blood pressure and heart rate weren't carried out prior to the prescription of powerful medication. Indeed, his height and weight weren't measured until September 2019, almost three years after he was referred to CAMS. And the audit found, quote, no record of monitoring vital signs while the boy was on the drugs. And the HSC's apology for the boy's treatment doesn't go far enough for his mother. I can say sorry to you right now for something so small or something so big, but do I mean it? Or would it make any difference? If, if, they, if there's a serious damage done, what, apology, what, what is it going to do? With that apology, what services have you given him? What supports have you given him to help him achieve his potentials? Nothing. It was a case of, oh, I'm sorry, we've done that. You know, we accept that. But that's it. He, he's now forgotten about so can we go back to where the boy is now, uh, Barry, in the room off the emergency department in Kerry since before uh, Christmas? What's likely to happen next? In 2022, the boy was voluntarily placed into residential care after he'd become increasingly unmanageable. He was discharged from this setting last year. Now, after the boy's case was raised in the doyle last week with Tishuk Leo Varadkar, the teenager was offered a permanent placement in a few weeks' time, hundreds of kilometres from Kerry. An interim placement is also being worked on to get the boy out of the emergency department. But the mother is unhappy with the permanent placement, arguing she wants regular access to her son. She believes a place could be secured closer to Kerry or else the boy allowed back to his family with full-time care supports. Furthermore, permanent care will only be forthcoming if the mother agrees to have her son back on the same antipsychotic medication which she feels has already damaged him. She withdrew consent for him to be prescribed the drugs last year. So when he came back from the residential home, I noticed he's, he have developed seizures or spasms, as they call it, you know, um, unusual body movements. He was like a different child, a totally different child. It was, it was sad. It was very sad to see him the way he, he's turned out. 
what is the latest in relation to a placement? What happened uh, after a case was raised in the DOI last week? They're still trying to get me consent to antipsychotic drugs. And one of the meds they're trying to get me consent is Risperidone. How am I expected to consent to that? How can I consent to that as a mother? The same medication that have damaged him, they're planning on putting him in a place that's about three hours away from here. I want my son close to me. I don't think it's in any child's best interest to be put somewhere far. That also comes with condition. The condition is he has to be on Risperidone. Very tricky. It's a case of we can't find any carers to work within the home. What is he verbalising to you at the moment or in recent days? In recent days, he, he's, he's cried. He's bagged to come home. He's asking to get out. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to stay there. I'm hoping somebody will take action. There has to be somebody. There has to be someone out there that would turn around and say, hang on a minute here, something doesn't sound right. This is 2024. For children under 18, there has to be a psychiatric unit. There has to be a residential home. Do you think you'll see him smile again? I, I have hopes. I have hopes. I think if he get the right support, the right services, maybe. Will he ever be the same child that he was? I doubt it. No. The, the damage is done. Has there been any reaction to this, Barry? Sinn Féin Kerry TD Pa Daly last week told the Doyle how there are serious concerns among health staff and the community in Kerry about this case. He says it highlights the need to create more residential care places for young people with mental health challenges. Tusla says it doesn't comment on individual cases, but its CEO Kate Duggan told Claire Byrne this morning how there is an unprecedented demand for services. In correspondence to the boy's family, the HSE states how the situation in UHK is extremely challenging, but says it's providing support staff wherever possible and that it's the opinion of four different psychiatrists that the boy would benefit from Respiridone. In a statement to RTE, the HSE says it's actively engaged with the young person and their mother in what they describe as a very difficult situation. It adds the response is not a question of resources. We're working towards a more appropriate place of care and support. The HSE Chief Executive Bernard Gloucester has directly engaged with those involved in all this and all are clear the current situation can't continue. Barry Lennon, thank you very much indeed. You can text us to 51551. You can email drivetime at rte.ie. 